0: Hi, I'm Dole, and I'm Jordan, and uh, I guess this week is my week to say things about myself. Uh, or so there's some things I got to say, and I would say that there's, uh, I, it's it's strange when one talks about oneself. You, you you don't really think about much, right? Because you are so inside of that that you don't conceptualize characteristics of yourself. You don't conceptualize words about those characteristics about yourself. So. Framing who you are creating that narrative right is kind of uh, the, the reality of that right and I don't mean like a narrative to guide I mean the narrative of the, the 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 agenda of truth from my perspective as I've talked about before um is uh is difficult sometimes, so I will give it my best shot at uh you know things about me uh We heard a good bit about dole last week and i I don't want this to be the end about, about this dole because i I went back and listened to the episode and uh, frankly, I enjoyed the, uh, the conversation when we had it for sure. And I almost enjoyed it more after the fact, because I was able to focus in different ways that I'm not, when we do this, uh, in person, so to speak. <laughs> um, but I, I think that, um, I wanted this to continue. I, uh, that's, that's really the short of my point, because I think that there's a lot more ground to cover that we've not even begun to scratch the surface on, uh, in a lot of different ways. Right. Um so I'll try to start with a, a, a similar sort of uh framing for things about me that way it's kind of parallel here. Um Okay. I I also was born at an early age. <laughs> and uh I'm sorry that just that joke's so funny to me. Um yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. For anybody who's listened or watched this podcast uh to this point um, I know many of you are are you know people that we know in our real life, so you, knowing about me is 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 kind of part of the territory but for those th- that don't um, you've probably noticed that um, I have a different way of looking at life and thinking about life and I can't tell you honestly where that comes from because for as long as I've been able to remember um, I've wanted to be different than everybody else. And I mean an active want of wanting to be different than everybody else. Not just a, you don't understand me, you know, the teenage sort of period. Like, I, like, I'm like perpetually in that energy and not in the sense that you don't understand me, but in the sense of just trying to be against the status quo. That's the the reality is like, if I had to sum up my existence, and this is from very young age until this day, uh, it's been, w- let me find what the status quo is and let me do something that flies in the face of it. Because I think that while there is a lot of good reason for many things that are the status quo, just as much, if not maybe more, there's really bad reasons that the status quo exists. And we don't become better by blindly following the same things that we've always followed, now maybe there's times that we should follow, and and I, and I definitely believe there are times that we should follow the things that have come before, and and understand that. But I also think that there's a place for divergence from that, and I think there's a great place for divergence from that, particularly when we find ourselves at critical junctures in our life. So I've, I've talked very generally. So let me go a little more specific. Um, So I I would say that my upbringing was very um, middle, middle class, right? You know, people start, we talk about the lower class, middle class, upper class, whatever. I don't really like those words for those strata, um, but focusing on the middle class, we see people trying to break that down even more. And I think that makes sense, right? Because middle class is a very broad term, because Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people who, in those terms would be middle class that I have very little in common with. Not what I say that I, I mean from a, a social perspective because just of how they grew up culturally, right? And maybe cultural is better than social even say. Um, and, and I mean that from, from both kinds of walks of life, those that uh, uh, I feel that I was much more fortunate and lucky than to, to find myself where I did growing up. And those that, that probably were more fortunate than I, um, which I, it's so funny that we're all middle class, but we're very different kinds of people. Point being mm-hmm. is that I, I really think that, that I, I came up in middle middle class. I really believe that. Um, and I think that um, I'm very fortunate for that. Again, I want to reiterate that I believe that, you know, uh, my life would have been a different thing had I come up in a different social strata um than that and and i i i want to give that the uh due acknowledgement that it has right and i think that oftentimes people don't do that that especially that you know come into middle class and higher um and i think that's important right i think that's a, a critically important thing that where what your background is from social economic uh perspective is one it is one of two of the most critical things about who someone becomes. Uh, the other being, you know, how you're raised.
1: You know, your family environment, etc. Um, anyway, so what you're saying is that's the frame. That's the framing of of your of your life agenda. Yeah. The, the the social social uh, cultural uh, framework that you came in, and then the other things are the story. So. I uh, didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, no that that's fine. And so for me, um, I the
0: other blessing that I've had, and I, this is truly a blessing and can't be counted as anything but, is that, and and I hate talking about this because it sounds so much like patting yourself in the back, but I'm a fairly in, intelligent individual, and that is a huge advantage, right? Um, and I, I, I that's a, again something that I I want to always acknowledge and understand that you know not everyone has that kind of advantage in in this life um and so my childhood i think was fairly typical of an intelligent middle middle class child (laughs) where uh born in the early 80s let's say um a lot of video games when i was younger you know, uh, I really I, I liked things I learned in school, but I completely abhorred school. And this is something that I don't know that I've talked to you a whole lot about, Doyle, especially that that not that directly. But I have all I always, always, always saw school as a prison from day one until until. Well, and that's not true. That's definitely not true. Maybe from day thousand or something like yeah. that uh, to to the day that I graduated. Uh, became less so as you know i got into like high school because uh high school is interesting because you could choose a little bit more of what you were focusing on and studying but even then um it was such a drag to me and and again the things i sound so egotistical i hate talking about myself especially in these sorts of ways but like for example uh In college, I studied mathematics. That's what my uh, degree is in, is a bachelor of science in mathematics. And um, I love math, always have for as long as I can remember and still do. Uh, I've always wanted, I loved math in school, like like elementary school, middle school, high school. I was always the person, and maybe this isn't a type, maybe it's just me. Whenever we were on a lesson, I would look at the next like 10 lessons. And basically mm-hmm. I would know it by the time I got there because I was so interested in it and I, I wanted to be done with this book and on to the next book of it, you know, uh, and that was true all the way up through like like pre calculus and calculus in high school. It was like uh calculus is where it started to not be as rapid because calculus mm-hmm. is such an orthogonal thing. To everything else that you learn in mathematics at the time algebra is the first shift right but it's so close yeah. it's like it, it really made a lot of sense to me calculus did too but i needed more of someone to talk me through some of the finer details of it
1: right
0: but then but then it was no problem and then in college when i finally decided well i'm not going to actually do music stuff uh as a degree and I, and I settled it back down into sciences i went into mathematics because one, I'd already had so many math classes. Two, it was so relatively easy for me, even at that level. Um, and then uh, I just enjoyed it so much. Anyway, point being that um, I'm your nerd. I'm I'm the nerd guy, right? You know, I uh, always wanted to, to to make hundreds on every test that I took. Even though I I wanted that, but especially when it got into college, I didn't care enough about things that weren't like math. <laughs> or, or some of the sciences, and even the sciences that I did. I did a lot of physics. Um, I didn't care about that as much as I cared about the math. Um, and so I went through all of that and then ended up, um, ended up in a career in software development because uh, I didn't end up going to graduate school for mathematics the way that I'd actually planned due to a strange fluke, uh, partially a strange fluke, and partially I got married. <laughs> Um, so, uh, yeah, I, 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 I feel so disjointed in trying to talk through all of this because to me, um, the, the two important paths of my life were, uh, I liked, I liked learning things. I hated school. And then the other thing is I'm a, a very, um uh, uh, intense musician. Like I really like music. I do a lot of music, composition, performance, um, all kinds of stuff, uh, that is, if there's anything in my life, uh, topic-wise, aside from math that I like more, it's definitely music. And it's not even close. Like music is the thing I was born for, um, which is is been a struggle for me because, um, being so good at something so technical like mathematics or software development, etc., which I the the mathematics translated very cleanly into software development, and I was pretty decent software developer as well um
1: i think that's an understatement but proceed okay
0: well the uh, society really sets you up when you have (laughs) that kind of um configuration as a human to take a certain path and i was just i was mainly on that path and um I tried to bucket every step of the way. Right. Uh, I, I did not go into a large corporate environment because I knew that, that, that I did not gel with that or would not gel with that. Um, and that was, uh, that was just pure intuition on my part, a hundred percent pure intuition. And it was right. Uh, from what I've seen of all that, it was a hundred percent correct. Um, I, so I w- worked for small consultancy, ended up, uh, uh, starting my own business, um, working with family and, uh, now I've moved on beyond that even. So uh, I've, I've kind of just like bucked trend, that trend as much as I can to the point where I, I it's fi- a final realization of mine within the past several months has been just that, look, I can't keep living a life that's not mine, that, that's uh, a life of what I should do based on the tools that I have and where I find myself in life. I have to live my life for me. And that, that's taken a long route to get there. Um. So anyway, that's about me, like, personally, um, I think that uh, one of the things that I did benefit by growing up is uh, similar to you, Doyle. I was uh, basically raised in the church, I would say, um, and that played a large part of my self-identity, like how I saw myself for a very, very, very long time, very long time. Um, and I kind of, I don't say I wouldn't say that I went away from that. I would say that things transpired that caused me to put my focus elsewhere, um, both things within the church itself, uh, things in my life path of, uh, learning, and then also just life circumstances, um, with school and getting married, moving, all kinds of stuff like that. Um, but I find myself now, Uh, much more intrigued with the idea of religion and what purpose it serves in a human's life um, than I ever have been before my life, even when I counted something like that as very integral and huge part of my life. Um, I I think I would like to take a different episode to talk specifically about that because that's a very deep topic for me and very important topic for me right now. Um, Suffice it to say that... um, I don't like to make claims with regards to religion because I don't think it's useful to make um, very strong claims about things regarding religion for anything other than yourself. So it's one thing to, as we've talked a lot lately, it's one thing to say what you believe in in your own presence or in the presence of those very close to you. I think that that's helpful in a clarifying way. I think when you try to go and proclaim it on the Mount, um, it's, it's a, it's a big different thing because I think there's a passage in the Bible, uh, something about, um, I I can't, I can't remember the the verse or, or what exactly how it's phrased, but it's something along the lines of, uh, those who would share the word or, or would, would preach the word will be held to a higher account for their their actions for for everything. And I, for me it's not that I want to avoid that, it's that I don't feel that I have myself in the correct order to be able to be looked at in that way. You know what I mean? Um sure. and, and that's one of the things that um I think generally in life I've had a struggle with is understanding um uh, What's good enough? Because uh, I, like, like I said before, I've always wanted to make really good grades in school. Well, I've always wanted to be like the perfect person. And that's just not possible. That's literally not possible. And in fact, the, the idea that you want to be that is very detrimental. And that's something that has it been very hard for me to learn. Very, very difficult. Um, and I, I would say that I'm still learning that to some
1: degree. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't think that uh, any
0: one human being knows enough, is good enough, has done enough, no matter who they are, to be able to say that this is the way, right? Um, and so the this, this is kind of revealing a little bit more. I, I have a lot of Eastern influence in my personal beliefs about the world, about spirituality and stuff, and one of the big eastern philosophies that has been a huge influence on me i uh, uh, unconsciously and i didn't know it at first until i start. i, I came across it in my uh, uh focus and, and, and actually started to realize oh wait this is things that i believe this is this is how i approach life is um taoism so like the tao de ching but lao tzu I, it is it's one of those things that the first time you read it you're like what is this even um, but it, it, but the more you read it and the more you think about it in the context of life, it's just so eye opening. Uh, one of the biggest things, and I think it's from the first, uh, verse of that first chapter, however you want to call it, um, is there's a line that says, um, something like, um, Taoism is all about the way, right? The Tao is the way, right? So meaning like the way to live life or the way to be, or just mm-hmm. the path you should be on. Um. Uh, it's something about the, the, what is it? The timeless Tao or, or the, the, the infinite Tao is the Tao without name and the Tao that you name is not the actual, basically saying it's not, not the real way, right? If you articulate it, then that's not the right way. You cannot articulate the right way for things. Meaning that, um, if you try to say, well, this is how you should be, and this is what you should do. And this, 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 well, that's not right. The fact, mere fact that you had that perspective to say that makes it not right. And that, that you, that when you took, the, that also that you took the action to say that means that it's not right. Because what you're doing is you're putting your ego into it. And so when you try to proclaim that for other people to other people, you can never remove all of your ego in that. And that's, and that's kind of a little bit of the Buddhist idea too, right? To dissolve the ego. And I, I, I don't think that I think the Buddhist perspective is too extreme in that sense. I think the absolute dissolution of the ego would only be beneficial if everybody did it simultaneously. Right. Because if you don't do that, if, if let's just say you take the Buddhist way and this is getting really esoteric and I I I I don't know how this is a, a peek inside of my mind. This is how my mind actually right. works. Um I think the real problem with the 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 Buddhist perspective is that if one person uh, dissolves the ego, then they're infinitely manipulatable, um, which is, I think, one of the beneficial reasons why Buddhists often become monk, right? Because you separate yourself from society in that way, then, then you're not manipulatable. And I, and I think that that from a spiritual path, I think that's great, right? I think that if that's what you feel called to do, if that's how you feel is a fulfilling path for you and that's what you need to be doing in this life. I think that that's wonderful. I, I so I, I don't mistake me as saying that I think Buddhism is wrong in that way. What I think is that it's not beneficial for all of mankind unless all of mankind becomes Buddhist. <laughs> right. right. Um, anyway, the, the, and there's, there's, there's deeper, lower level reasons why I think that way. Right. Cause I, I have, I hesitate to want to say some of my beliefs around this, but, um, I think that we can't do anything in our life that is hidden. The things that we do have an impact, even if no one sees it. The things that we do in life are felt by other people. They're felt by, you know, the earth itself. You know, I, I really believe that a, uh, successful approach to life requires the appreciation of the impact of the things that we do, both in most, most definitely in public, but also in private to a degree that I think people don't appreciate Um, because that that's who you are, right? That's your character.
1: Well, that's, that's a consistency of existence, right? What you're saying, because, you know, uh, in a, uh, another, uh video that i've done uh, i spoke about that how we have there are two traits honesty and integrity and Mm -hmm. honesty is, is the outward piece right but we to be in sync with yourself you have to have that internal and i think that what you're saying there is is just another um example of of that consistency and synchronization in in existence that that we we uh encounter that we uh uh wrestle with in some cases but i mean i think what you're saying uh, is consistent or, or supports you know you know my simpler thought of honesty and integrity because you know they're 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 siblings you know of the same vein if you will and uh you know and what you do in life what you said whether it's known or if it's just you know the butterfly effect so to speak um and and you know the outcome is is going to be the outcome regardless so And I think
0: that it sounds very mystical when I state it because that is a mode of thinking and feeling about things that uh, is more real to me. But some people are much more rational and in the real world than I am. But I, I still think it holds even with that kind of a perspective, because you have to think about it like this, that. Um, the things that we do and say, both in public and private, influence. They influence the people around us. They influence the things that we're doing. You know, whatever we're operating on. Um, but they also influence ourselves. And I don't think many people realize how the human brain works, in the sense that
1: the things that we. What is it? Uh, is it? Who said, is it Aristotle?
0: Uh, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence, therefore, is not an uh, an action, but a habit. Um, I don't know if that's Aristotle or, or who said that, but um, that's not, it's not just excellence. We are a habit, right? Um, as, there's this really cool book called Break the Habit of Being Yourself. Um, uh uh, or maybe that's the subtitle. I don't. I don't remember. But because uh, I, I, I think that that's so true. Because you have to think about this. Everything that we think in life, or the things that we hold deeply. Think about the, the, the for you, Dole, or anyone listening. Think about something that you hold deeply. Just it's true. This is this is how I feel. This is my perspective. And, and or I might and I you know you feel emotional about it even right. Mm-hmm. How many times have you talked about that? How many times have you thought about that? How many times have you? spoken about that how many times has that come up in your thought probably almost every day right or very frequently at least that's because that's how we come to know ourselves like we've said we we know something when we speak when we make it real that is the making real it's a loop it goes in and out and in and out and in and out and it builds itself up that's why you know you see a lot of these like um, self-help people or self-help and and I'm I don't that sounds derisive when you use that phrase but I I don't because I I, don't, cause I, I, I I think some of those tools are very beneficial. Um, but you see a lot of them talk about the power of thought, right? Um, or, you know, how thinking is an important thing because thinking is a, it's a way to interrupt that process. Because if you think about like a, a, a non-rational animal, like a, a dog or whatever, you know, you know, I love dogs. I think they're uh, wonderful companions. I think they're really cool animals. Um, but a dog isn't going to sit there and, likely, as far as we know, generate a new idea that's going to stop it from doing dog-like things. But a human can do that, right? You can interrupt that loop of yourself and say, wait, no, I'm not going to do this this time. I'm going to get up a little bit earlier today. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to eat better, you know, whatever. And you can make that change. That is a huge power that so many people don't understand and everybody wants to give that up. Anyway, I, I'm getting off the topic of who I am, but this is how I think about life. And so for me, um, anything that I believe, quote unquote, believe or know or, or operate from, or my principles, all of this underlies that, right? Knowing that, you know, um, a, an individual human is exceedingly complex to a degree that no one, myself absolutely included, understands or respects appropriately. Let's say appropriately. Um. Not only is is that uh, individual human exceedingly complex, that individual human is exceedingly valuable, like in a way that no one can comprehend i, I it, it is incomprehensible and inarticulatable how valuable an individual human is that is the absolute basis of my perspective on everything in life um and that that you know spirals up into a whole lot of different perspectives including things like political perspectives, like like you had mentioned in yours. And and I I would like to get some of those perspectives of mine. Uh, But I think it it is critically important to understand that that's how I approach thinking about these. That's how I approach feeling about these things. That's how I approach life generally. Because if you don't approach life with that perspective, that each individual is of paramount value. And that sounds, you know, one a little hyperbolic, and two impossible. How mm-hmm. can every individual be paramount? But it's it's very true because if you don't, then that starts the the path to taking advantage of people. That starts the path of manipulation. That starts the path of of evil in this world.
1: Well, you you, you uh, uh, to not do that, what you're just saying, then you're you're, you're categorizing or stratifying people in In value, and then that gets into uh the 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 temptations that that could potentially lead to evil evil behavior and evil choices and evil actions so
0: right right um so there there's um uh, two ways to look at it, and we're going oh man because this this just occurs to me, so that means I need to talk about it, but this is very a little bit off the path and but it's very deep um uh, thought, so it may take me a little while to articulate this. Um, I want to relate this to something that we don't talk about on the nose as much, but I, and I definitely don't, but I'm going to, because I think it's important to right here, right now. Um, in the, let's talk about United States in the current political climate. Cause I mean, the election is, this may come out after the election. I don't know, but it is like right here. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and I, 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 I don't find elections as important as other people do. Never have, and I don't think I ever will. I, I know I never will. Um, and that goes a little bit more to my philosophy. But uh, there are a lot of people who do, right? And uh, certainly, you have multiple perspectives. But I, let's just talk about the two primaries perspective, the Republican-Democratic perspective. Let's just say traditionally, or not traditionally, let's just say conservative and um, Liberal, moderate liberal, whatever you want to do, because I want to be respectful, right because I don't want to paint because there's extreme right, there's extreme left, and I don't want to paint everybody who's a little bit left as right. extreme left, and everybody's a little bit right as extreme right um, because that's the kind of again, that's down that path to bad things as well mm-hmm. sure um, what we just were talking about, that paramount value of the individual is I think how most people view it. I think most people really, uh, to some degree or another, have an instinctive perspective that that's the case because they understand mm-hmm. how much they um, care about their own perspective in their own life. right? And, and I think so subconsciously, they understand other people have that same perspective as well. And so depending on how you come to life, both from initial circumstances And how you are kind of raised, you come to a different perspective on what that means for how do we respect that individual value. And some people think that we have to uh, figure out a way to directly support that individual value, regardless of circumstances. And some. And in this, I'm, I'm speaking purely on this divide. Some think that we need to prepare that individual to support themselves in that value and prepare them to support others that need the support to prepare themselves to support that value. One of those is a st- structurally supportable system. One of those is not a structurally supportable system, and, I, and this is this is me coming in on my opinion, but this is my perspective on it. It is not structurally supportable to say that we're going to no matter what the cost, support every individual in that value directly because you're if you don't have as part of the system the integrity for the system to be able to build itself out, meaning that that node of the system becomes uh, integrated in, in, in itself and in the system and, and has, is, is load-bearing, then you can't build a bigger structure, right? Basically, it's like a, if, if a brick can't sit under another brick and not crumble, then you can't use that brick to build a building. And uh, so the one perspective is, well, we, we'll just undergird the brick. Well, then what, what undergirding are you going to use? The other perspective is we're going to make this brick strong enough that it can support the weight it needs to support. And to me, that is the collectivist, and this is the way that I, I, I see it. I don't see it as left, right. I don't see it as, you know, um, liberal, conservative, because liberal is a stolen word anyway, in my perspective, uh, and, and conservative probably is in some degree too. Um, anyway, uh, it, it is collectivist versus individualist perspective. The collectivist perspective is that the collective needs to support that one brick. Well, the thing is, what happens when there's enough bricks that the, the collective can't support it? Because that's a possibility. And that the collectivist never thinks about things like that, because it's an imaginary perspective that there's something out there called the collective that can support it. But the collective is just other people, right? The individualist perspective is just the opposite of that. There are There's just other people. So we need to make the other people as strong individually as possible so that they can help other people become strong individually to the extent that they can. Um, and, and this isn't to say that the Republican or the right or the conservative perspective is correct. And that the left or the liberal or the democratic perspective is wrong. Cause I don't believe that either. Um, I'm not a Republican. I'm not a, a Democrat, not a green party. I'm not even a, a, a party libertarian. Uh, I, I'm very much off the map of all of that when it comes to politics because all of that politics is a false system it's a false game that is used just like many other false systems and false games to trap people's minds and to trap people's focus to trap their energy and to trap their power and to take it away from them to wrest it from their own hands and to use it for somebody else's ends that's all of those systems are and um the problem is it feels so real and it feels like that's not the case and it feels so critical and it feels so dire and it feels like that's all that there is that people believe that that's the case, but it's all imaginary. It's all imagination and it's all a hijacking of uh, pure human intentions. It's, it's hijacking of people's true care for that individual and that individual uh, value that people have and that people just I think intrinsically recognize and so that's why I don't like talking about left right left right divide I don't like talking about politics on the nose generally because I think all of that is truly a game that is it's like bread and circuses right you know in the Roman Empire that's how the Caesars uh, kept the support of such a large uh constituency is that well we'll give them bread so they won't go hungry and then we'll ha- give them circuses so they'll be entertained so they won't be looking for anything else to to worry about and this that's all it is is like the realm of what's bread and circuses has expanded beyond just literal bread and circuses to like everything Right. And that's not just in politics. I mean, clearly that's all politics is these days, but even beyond that, and probably has always been right. I say these days, I, I, I don't like that it's, and that whole perspective that the society is devolving. Well, that perspective has been around forever as well. So I, I that, that is a non-meaningful perspective in my, from my point of view. Um, but like even things outside of politics, like people want to vilify uh, consumerism and advertising. Which, believe me, I definitely, I definitely have the perspective that there's a lot to criticize, a lot to criticize about consumerism and about advertising. But it's just another one of those false games that's trying to suck your focus. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I, uh, the marketing industry has this phrase, um, and, and it's so true, um, attention is everything, right? Uh, or everything is advertising, sometimes it's said that way. Um, But yeah, attention is literally everything, and it's not the attention like um, what you're paying your attention to; it's what you're focusing your energy on. That's what's everything, and so everything in life. I challenge you to find something in life that isn't of your own generation, that isn't a focus trap in some way or another. Doesn't mean it's negative, but it's still a focus trap.
1: Right,
0: and so people's own personal power has been. Not just hijacked by, by false game systems like politics. It's also being vacuumed out of them through advertising and other attention traps. And this, this is where things like social media does have some problematic aspects because it's designed to take advantage of human psychology to trap it to the greatest degree possible. And not being aware of that allows people to be trapped even further in it and forever be trapped in it for all of their life. And so... All of this is creating a secondary kind of false collective around attention. And so we have to figure out a way to remove ourselves from that too. The point being is that the only person at the end of the day who isn't caught in one of these false games or these false narratives or uh, uh, just false perspectives about how life is, the only person who's not caught up in that is yourself. You're the only person who has the potential to not be caught up in it, let's put it that way at least right Because you have control over that because you can interrupt that loop like we were talking about earlier and say, no, I'm not going to do this. no, I'm not going to focus on that. no, I'm not going to believe what this newspaper says. no, I'm not going to believe what this person at a podium says. no, I'm not going to believe what this other person says. no, I'm going to believe this this is this is what I believe. this is the path I'm going to take. And so the only fair the only valuable The only real system is the system that holds up the individual and their own uh, perspective, their own desire, their own needs to the individual, right? It cannot be in control of anyone else but that individual. Now, meaning that if that individual wants to really punch another person, well, they can only punch the person who in their value system wants to be punched. Think about like UFC fighters, right? They want that. They, you know, they <laughs> want to go at it. Right? Boxers, they want to go at it, uh, which is it's fine. It's great, right? They agree to that, you know. Something that if it happened in a bar or somewhere would be illegal, and you know all this kind of mm-hmm. stuff. So they get thrown in jail for a bit. Um, totally fine for dudes to punch each other in an octagon, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's totally fine that you don't like that too. You don't have to like it. Don't watch it, right? It, it, that's the mm-hmm. thing. Is the only thing that's real about life. Everything else is fake. The only thing that's real is what you want to pursue. And I mean that in the sense that um, real is not the right word because that's dangerous Uh, because I'm Mm -hmm. not a solipsist or anything like that. (laughs) Uh, But the only thing that has value to you as a person is those things that have value to you directly as a person. And that can be sometimes helping people, helping a group of people, but that's you as a person helping that person or helping that group of people, right? It's not you making everybody else come along with you to help this person or help those people. Now you can convince people to do that, right? Persuasion. I think that's great, right? That's totally valid and, and, uh, necessary, right? I think that's necessary. Um, but do that when it's all voluntary, no problem and this is the crux of the perspective that I have is that anything that is not voluntary is not aligned with truth and is invalid and thus is illegal against the law. It, 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 and it is theft. Anything that is not a, uh, um, up to the individual to uh, say yes or no is theft of some sort or another. It's theft of money. It's theft of time. It's theft of focus. It's theft of of life from someone. Uh, Everything comes down to the question, is this taking something from somebody else against their will? If that's the case, it is evil. Outright, plain, on its face, evil. And if that's not the case, then fine. I mean, maybe it's 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 annoying. Maybe it sucks. Maybe it's really gross. Maybe you don't like it. That's fine. Don't look at it. Don't do it. Right. Um, but there's also the path of if you don't like it, maybe you want to try to convince people to not like it, and you can convince people to not like it. You can't make people not do it, but you can convince people right. to not like it. And the more you convince to not like it, the more you can at some point get enough people in society that really don't like that activity that you shun it. No problem. And then, so like you, you basically, if everything is completely voluntary, then you just dissociate with those people, and then they can go have their own society or whatever they want. Uh, and if they, if it's not enough people for that, well, then that's a consequence of their their individual choice. We have to live with the consequences of our choices. That's the other part of it. People, people want the ability to choose, but they don't want the ability. They don't want to have to deal with the consequences of those choices.
1: I, I think you're. I think you're right. Absolutely am hundred percent right on that. And I think that's that's one of the. The the factors in in society today that people wrestle with, and they don't realize they're wrestling with it. Yeah, because they want that. To your point, they want to make their choice. They want to t- to do whatever they want to do, and they want someone else to to deal with the consequences or the outcomes of those things. Many times, or and or the results they want are not the results of what they did or chose. They, they want the results of what someone else did or chose. And, and a lot of that,
0: too, is just not understanding that reality is reality. And I know <laughs> that sounds really s- silly to say, but people don't understand that um, they have a mistaken belief that they deserve something that they don't. And we all deal with that to some degree or another, right? And, 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 and that's a struggle of life is trying to determine uh, where am I making that assumption and then what behavior do I need to adjust to actually be worthy of the thing that I think that I'm worthy of? Um, and that intrinsic human value that we have that, that is the most important thing, and I, I really think that it is, people think that that is what buys them the, the uh, 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 things that they should be able to have, right? Or the successes that they should have. And it, it doesn't. That's not reality. The reality is that buys you the respect as a human, and the the uh, the respect for you to be able to be who you are, make the decisions you want to make, as long as they're not hurting other people, and and live the life that you want to live. For and no one has to understand it. Forget everyone
1: else. That that's on them. You have you. That's what that value right. buys you. Right. So so you you've gone down this path of discussing and and sharing, you know, sort of your your the path of and to your identity and to your, your being who you are. You went really, really deep. Uh, so what else uh, is there to reveal about, about Jordan that uh, uh, hasn't been revealed up to this point?
0: Um, well, I haven't talked much about the whole music aspect of things. Um, right. Uh, did you have something particular in mind? I feel like you might no. have
1: no i really didn't uh, it, it was it was just a probe uh sure. to to see to see what would be discovered
0: so uh i can talk a little bit about the music stuff because uh, like i said i think that that is personally the the uh most important thing about me um individually uh i think i think the way that i think about life and the things that i've talked about to this point i think that's a uh, an important thing about me, I think that that is a defining characteristic of myself. But that's not what I do in life, right? Right. Um. Up until very recently, what I did in life was software development, and I have recently um discontinued that focus uh, to the degree that I was I was focused on it, um, and I am moving more into. The, uh, the realm of, of music and inter- just generally entertainment um, because I, I enjoy doing that. Uh, the music aspect of it is very interesting to me because as much as I've uh, become comfortable with and, and actually really only learned my voice uh, in the past, I would say, couple years around all of these topics that we've been talking about. Of course, I've integrated a lot of what I've learned and felt over the years to come to that realization. Um, uh, uh, up until then, the only real voice that I've had is music. Um, and to me, that is more real of a voice of expression of who I am than the voice that I'm speaking with now. Um which is very um, weird to say. I think a lot of people don't understand that. I think a lot of, uh, of artists and musicians would understand that. But if, for people who mm-hmm. aren't serious artists and musicians, they may they may kind of, oh, okay, yeah, that's what artsy people say. Um, but they don't understand it in the way that like a, a, an artist does. Some people do, right? Because some people have a different kind of outlet, right? Like, for example, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I think this is art in a way. Um, like, my father-in-law, he works on cars. Uh, like restores Mm -hmm. plastic cars and stuff like that and he is a master at that kind of a thing i mean he's got a pretty nice garage that he does it in and um he's got the level of skill that if he wanted to it would be his his career it's not but he just doesn't want to make it a job and i understand and respect that Mm -hmm. um so he's that level but it is so clear and you know i and i've I've had many conversations with my father and all. I love him dearly, I think he's a wonderful man, I really really do um uh and so i'm I'm also blessed in that way um but i I think that it's so the case that his working on those cars, restoring those cars, doing what he does is his voice, that's his right. himself that's his real expression of what he wants to be and what he not wants to be what he is in this life, in this realm. And I think that, um, it's just so clear when you see somebody doing that. Um, so anyway, music is that for me. Um, and I, am really trying to figure out how to dovetail the expressive aspect of that, of who I am and, and expressing who I am through the music with, the side of 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 music and just generally art that I think a lot of people who are artists disdain, which is the business side of thing, um, because it's hard to marry those two things because one is so individual that it doesn't appeal to anybody or or has the potential to not appeal to anybody. Well, then how do you make a business around that? Well you really in that that's the real oil and water that I think a lot of artists feel when it comes to the idea of monetizing art of uh, of going into any kind of business around art and why they try to keep it separate and i understand that i respect that i don't think there's anything wrong with that 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 artists who don't want to make business around it's like it's like my father-in-law right he doesn't want to make a business around what he does which is he might not see it as but it definitely is an art um right and so for me uh that's the struggle i'm going through right now is how do i do this do i do i make you know Segregated things where it's like here's the stuff that I do that's just my art that's just me, and i I don't censor it in any sort of way. Here's what I do for for a revenue generation. do I bridge that in some way? I'm not exactly sure about that yet, so that's that's part sure. kind of the part of life discovery I'm at right now
1: you know that that makes me think uh, you've you used the the statement a couple of times about your father in law that he he doesn't want to turn his is uh, uh, redoing cars or restoring cars uh, as a business, right? Uh, doesn't want to treat it like a job, doesn't want right. it to be his job because there's a negative connotation. Most people have a negative connotation. And it makes me tie back to your statement uh, early on in this discussion about feeling like school was a prison. It was because it wasn't your choice. It was what mm-hmm. you had to do. Right. I think, I think a, a big part that played into it. And I think in jobs, they're not always, in many, many cases, they're not our choice of what we would do or how we would do it. It's we have to do it for the the compensation that we get, and then we get, uh, you know, adjusted. And, and it becomes difficult to enjoy it in the same way that, you know, one would uh, their art or their expression of themselves through whatever, you know, uh, avenue or means that they had. And and I can see, uh, you know, also the second thing uh, is that um, you, you talked about marrying you know the expression of your music and your art with the business side of it. Um, uh, you know, I think some of the greatest artists that uh, you know are in the world. Very, very few uh, were able to monetize their out uh, their their the the output of their of their passion of their efforts. Oh, sure. Uh, until they're you know pu- until they die, right? Until after they're they're gone, that's when people begin to appreciate. You know more what they've done because it you know stands the test of of time for for evaluation and appreciation, and people want want it right. And but there are a lot now that are especially in you know in the in the the past you know hundred years or so that has been uh, more normalized for artists to to find that that marriage. But then too many times, not too many, sometimes what you see is they burn out on it because it, it. it, they don't maintain the balance, so uh, I sort of yeah. can envision think, your struggle. I think when it
0: comes, especially when it comes to music, um, there's a couple phases of all of that, right? You go back, and the so music starts as something that is cultural, that is, you know, uh, keeping tribes together, uh, that is. Uh, um, Uh, cultural in a uh, tradition sense right it's part of 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 the identity of tribes it it goes out and there's a lot of uh, history I don't understand about music and then it comes back with like um, you know when people start doing structured music and uh, again it's kind of it's very tribal um, uh, but it is it's it's more um, relatable across tribes they understand each other's music a little bit more then there's some more stuff i don't understand about music history and then it comes out where there's actually more structured music where it's actually like written down and stuff like that and then eventually gets into like patronage right when you talk about some of the early early classical composers and then Mm -hmm. then that goes out and then you have a lot of composers that nobody knew while they were alive but we know them all now because they wrote amazing Mm -hmm. things Um, and then you come into like the 20th century where uh, this there's this real big divide that people I think don't appreciate which you have the music industry start which is this is my perspective on it Uh, it, it is truly a bastardization of what music is because the whole idea is to flip it right it was it was the art and then how do we use this art in a way to make a living to to, to support ourselves and it flips it to being okay how do we market something and then deliver something under that marketing, and that and that's what the music industry's always been. And and I think that most people don't don't get me wrong. There's still artistry in it. There's still worthwhile art that comes out has come out of it. Um, but I think what we're seeing now is a tilting back of of it to where it's like, okay, I have this music. How do I find? And that's what I want to engage in to a degree, right? Because the reality is, it's so much easier today to find the people who resonate with what you're doing than it has ever been before right it was mm-hmm. literally impossible up until like maybe 20 years ago or 30 years ago right and now it not, it's not only possible it's just a matter of doing the things it, it, it's really interesting because that bifurcation of of the business aspect and the, the art aspect still has to be there. Right. So, but, but instead of the business being over the, the art, you can make the art over the business, but you still have to understand the business and do the business. stuff.
1: Absolutely. Um, right.
0: and this is one of the things that I do want to make clear about my position on all this, because I may be misunderstood, particularly talking about business. Now, um, I am not anti business in any sort of way. I think that, um, Uh, the whole idea of economics, uh, I I like to say economics more than business because business has, it's kind of, has gotten to be a tainted word in, in a lot of ways. Um, economics is a reality of life, So business by extension is a reality of life. And if you think you can ever escape that, then you're fooling yourself. Um, Mm -hmm. the only way that the only way that you can escape, and this, this is the, I, maybe maybe we should wrap up soon because I know we've been going for a while. Maybe for this for this episode, this is where I will leave it sure. because I think this is a very critical point that I think everybody needs to understand. We can escape business the way that we have it. Uh, we we can make it better, but uh, when, when people want to escape and, and and let's just say capitalism because that's that's real demonic word here right, that people try to demonize. Um, uh, I, I I am a a big proponent of actual capitalism, right? And we can escape capitalism if you want to. There's a clear route to do it. The way that you do that is through war and famine and poverty and pain and enslavement and sticks and stones and all the stuff that we've gone through in the past and have come out of. So if you want to escape capitalism, you can definitely do that. But I don't think that that's a path that most people want to take. And 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 people will hear me say that, and they'll say that's sensationalized. You don't know what you're talking about. You don't know capitalism. Blah blah this that and the other, and that's bullcrap. Because the reality is, people who who would say to what I just said that kind of a perspective, they're the ones who don't understand what capitalism truly is. They 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 hear capitalism and they think large corporation influence in government. They hear capitalism and they think the 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 drug industry they hear capitalism and they think uh, uh the, the insurance industry they hear capitalism and they think Walmart the, and, and I'm and I'm not trying to deride any of these things per se although yeah. all of those things have things that 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 require derision from my perspective and we could talk about that at a later date um but but again this is kind of my my instinctual aversion to large businesses when it comes to sure. to work but um sure. at the end of the day um. Uh, Capitalism is not perfect, um, but it is the only tool that has ceaselessly increased the lot of everybody that it touches forever, always, and has created prosperity, unimaginable prosperity in this world that people would have no other way to achieve, period. 100% agree with that. I
1: do. But that's it, weird it also, coming to an artist, it, I know. <laughs> well, but, but you're, 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 you're pragmatic and, and, and probably uh, more well-read than, than most, uh, not just artists, but most anybody, uh, on the, the history and the truth and the definitions of those. Uh, and I said truth specifically because I think that it goes back to a discussion we've had that there is uh, truth. They're not your truth, my truth there are things that are true and um, and we sometimes find ourselves uh in situations where people don't don't act like there are truths and they defend their perspective or their point of view that may be similar to truth but it's not true because of and to your point about capitalism right that's, that's people will, will say exactly what you said yeah they're thinking in terms of 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 uh, uh, you know business influencing government and and things of that sort and uh, uh, and when that's not that's not capitalism that's the result of capitalism being messed with being manipulated corporatism so, corporatism right right which is not what capitalism is always uh, is not what it's about all right I, I think your your point uh, this is probably a good place to stop and 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 pause until the to the next uh the next session on these topics um uh, i've been impressed with with how deep uh you were able to go in in this period of time we've had together um and and really make some connections and and you know connecting some of the dots uh for me and a better understanding and i felt like i kind of knew you pretty well to begin with but uh but i, I think you you uh, connected some some new dots for me in in my understanding of you so i appreciate that and and look forward to even more as we as we continue down this path absolutely I, this path? yeah I,
0: <laughs> I think i think we need to keep on this uh direction for for a bit because i think there's a lot of um, a lot of questions i have for you i'm sure there's a lot of questions you have for me and i think that um there is uh there's things yet we have to learn that we've not hit at. Right. I think that um I think that there is bedrock below where we're both coming from that I don't think I've ever seen articulated anywhere. And and this sounds again sounds sensational, but I really believe that um life is simple and humans make it complicated. And uh, I would like to try to sh- strike that bedrock of simplicity that underlies both of our perspective, and see how. I mean, we, we're pretty close, but I think we have some some gap between us, and see how the path is between that bedrock and where we where we find ourselves. Um, And because I I, I ultimately want to understand more, and I feel like there is a brick wall at my understanding because I'm so in my own echo chamber and I, I need to figure out how to get out of it. And you don't represent a huge deviation from it, but you do represent a deviation and that's beneficial. <laughs> I think. Right. Um, yep, I agree. Agreed. So cool. All
1: right. right well, sir. I appreciate
0: you listening to me uh, rant and rave over here for a little bit. Uh,
1: not a problem. Uh, it was, it, it was my pleasure. My pleasure. All right. Do look forward to the next one.
0: Same here. Same here. We'll see you next time.